Welcome to You, Me, and Mike. I'm Jen Todrick, otherwise known as the Rambling Redhead on Instagram and the host and designer of No Demoreno on HGTV. And I'm Mike. And I'm also known as Mike. And he's Mike. Applause. Anyone? <laughs> Applause. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds really important. It's not as important as the third person in this equation, which is... You! We love sharing our life with all of you on Instagram and HGTV, but here we get to dive deeper into topics that you suggest. Answer questions you submitted. And share stories that impact us all. Let's get to it. What are we going to talk about today, Jen? Okay, today we are diving into something that was very much requested. Every single time I put a question box on Instagram stories asking, what do you want us to talk about? Parenting comes up across the board, which is not surprising. I feel like a large part of the audience are moms and parents who are, you know, just trying not to screw their children up at the end of the day, just like us. Are you parenting? Parenting. That, that beats that. That one's out of left field for me. It is parenting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something we talk about and deal with every single day. Um, so today we're going to talk about not only just parenting in general, but um, we're just going to spitball and throw some stuff in front of you guys as far as our parenting styles. We've got some a lot of questions. This is going to be a, a very audience question heavy episode um, where we can kind of dive into things that you guys requested. Again, Mike and I are never claiming to be an expert in this. No. We literally just try to get through every single day and not mess our kids up just as you probably feel. Um, so if anything, maybe we tell a story, talk about how we get through it. And if anything, it's just a little bit of inspiration. Yeah. Maybe you haven't tried it. Or maybe you think it's hot garbage served <laughs> up on a podcast. And that's okay, too. Yes. We're just glad you're here. There's one thing about it. There really is no perfect parent and there's no one perfect way of parenting your children and you know what every I used to hear this and be like mm-hmm, but it's true every kid's different and every mm-hmm. kid responds to things very differently I believe that so much in my soul yes um to where parenting one kid in your house may look very different from another and while that's something that's hard to navigate because you want to have consistency right and not yeah. you know make the kid be like why well, are you treating them differently there's ways to try to do this yeah. and so and here's yeah. the cool thing about it anyone listening to this and that wants tips on how to parent that means you love your kids, right? Exactly. And it means that you're trying to do better, and so are we. Every, exactly. Because we, through this, there's been an evolution, sort of a journey on on Jen and I coming together on parenting styles. I mean, some of our bigger arguments have been about this. Our bi- No, that's putting it nicely. Our <laughs> biggest fights ever have been on parenting. Yeah. And I say this all the time. Hold on, my nose itches. Scratch, scratch. I say this, it's like, I have so much like cartilage in my big nose that when I rub it, you can like hear it go. It's, Anyways, I spared the audience. It's, un, it's unnerving. It is unnerving. It's um, like your stomach push technique thing that makes weird bloaties. I sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I have a hole in my stomach because you can like hear the air. Oh, anyways, Pat, we are <laughs> staying on track today. That's what we're doing. Um, yeah. Our biggest fights and our biggest issues in our marriage have been parenting. And I think it stems from Mike and I come from very different households as far as discipline and the crazy thing is is I was uh, raised in I think what me and my brothers would consider and I was also the only girl and the oldest so I was the first one to go through everything and so my perspective is my parents were a little more strict as far as things I could say how I could talk to them things I could do whereas Mike would tell you like he never got a spanking or a discipline in his life you know like I mean I was disciplined but I very lightly spanking didn't exist and grounding was not something that happened much. I had a long, long leash, a long leash. <laughs> he had no leash. He was dragging his leash behind him. I did. I mean, I had curfews <laughs> and stuff at some times. You like told me it, you had no curfew. What, after my freshman year, I didn't. Okay, that did not happen <laughs> in my house at all. So anyways, that kind of um, 
has from day one when I realized that okay we don't see eye to eye on what needs to be done it was very obvious to me that it's because we came from different backgrounds and so we only know what we saw that's right um and so that's like how do you come together there's that medium there obviously there's something that needs to be done we have very high strung amazing bold children uh, and I don't think high strung is the right word strong-willed strong-willed yeah that's better strong-willed children and so the whole like Here's a long leash thing. It's just not going to work well, for us. But what's crazy is we grew up with very different backgrounds, and we both are very, you know, we think we're decent people. You yeah. know, we're nice. You're very successful, went to West Point, very intelligent. And you could arguably say that you were not disciplined in comparison to, like, you know, the structure that I had at my house. And my yeah. parents weren't, like, you know, military people. It's just in my child perspective, I had curfew right. all the time. And... I was not, you know, there were no, there wasn't talking back that, I mean, I'm sure it happened. I know it did. I have memories of like my brother's coughing attitudes and stuff. A hundred percent it happened, right. but it was definitely like something was done well, here's <laughs> when, the, you, when you did that. Here's the common thing we had. Our parents did love us and 100%. they were there for us. And I did come from a split household. My parents were divorced. Um, and I didn't. And right. so we really on paper have completely different right. upbringings. But, but regardless of that, our parents did love us and they right. were there for us. They provided for us. And in their own way, they showed us what they felt, you know, at the time was the best yeah. way they could parent us. And, yeah. and look, we can always poke holes and point fingers at what our parents did wrong or what they didn't do. And wrong. our kids are going to do the same thing about right. us. That stinks. That's the worst part of this. You know <laughs> no what I mean? No matter how well we do, they're yeah. still going to be angry with us. Yeah. And you know, our parents are going to listen to this and we want them to know, like we both had amazing childhoods. For sure. Um, and we both was, were our parents perfect? No. Are we perfect as parents? No, no one is. And I, you know, my parents, I plan to have them on later in the season and I'm sure they'll tell you they weren't perfect. And so no one thinks anyone's perfect, but it's just crazy how, if you feel like you and your spouse are not coming to perfect agreements on parenting things, I just want to let, if you're looking for like a solution that fixed Mike and I, we don't have it. Unfortunately, it's still, we navigate through it every time something happens. And so we'll kind of talk about that. And some of that comes from what you already touched on a little bit earlier, understanding Mm -hmm. each other's past and perspectives, because that does make a huge difference of the why you are doing this. Like, why does this feel the right way to you? Why does this feel the right way to me? And I say the word feel because, again, we are kind of figuring it out. And it's about hopefully however your children respond. And obviously there's going to be navigation because our perspective right now is children nine and under. And I know there's differences as we people with with teenagers. Right. We're not in the teens yet. So And that that, there's going to be a whole other thing, which hopefully your parents, other people exactly. provide some perspective on that we are still going to be navigating as well. And, you know, if you got something, throw, yeah, you know, throw a comment in there, but like, yeah, here's the thing about my teens, but it's, yeah, it's, we don't know that yet. Yeah. And we're exactly. not pretending we do. Yeah. We definitely are. Like I said, we're not pretending to be experts. Um, like I said, I say there's a middle there that Mike and I have to find. And unfortunately we try to find the middle every time something happens. Yeah. And I will say, luckily as our kids grow older, it's lessening yeah. because our kids are maturing. And right. so we're not having to tackle things very often. And so are we. And so ah. are we. We're but just I, getting tired and worn down so we don't argue about <laughs> well, it anymore. Having grace for each other. And, I, and that's and that's where some of the bigger fights came in because we expect things to be the same thing. And there is yeah. in marriage, and this whole, there's another subject on this as well, but we that have- we will be tackling we have, in the next coming episodes. You know, there's, there's set expectations and there's unset expectations, right? Like you- yeah. you we think that the other person's going to think like us, but we are all different. And same thing is gen, 
commented earlier, our children are very different. Yes. And so what works with Berkeley may not work with Vaughn and what, what, you know, Vivian, it's, it's a whole, you know, other thing. So the navigation is, is happening. So Jen, how would you, I'll even back up real quick. I I would say to say yes to your point and how I think you're a hundred percent right. I remember us talking about how we were going to parent before we had kids because we were those idiots. <laughs> yes, you we know, were. <laughs> everyone does that. We all do that. We're like, this is how we're, we're our kids are never going to throw a tantrum yeah. in the store. I won't yeah. put up with that crap. We all do it. We're they, all guilty. Yeah. And if you're not, you're an amazing human because you're already maturing at a rapid speed. Just keep your mouth shut and don't say it yeah. because you're going to look really dumb. So, yeah. <laughs> so what- I remember us talking and we were a hundred percent on the same page things weren't going to be said. No, they will never act like that. But then what happens is you get a kid in your house and it's not that you like loosen. I don't know how to explain it. It's that you see, okay, well, if I, if I do a disciplinary act, that's this, he actually, or she actually responds way worse than I intended instead of just like, oh, well they just stopped the action and it like works. Well, sometimes it doesn't. And especially like what we were, um, you know, what I was, I guess the disciplinary actions that I had growing up may not work. And I hate to say that, but I know I used to roll my eyes at, yeah, it does. It does work if you keep it consistent, but no, (laughs) sometimes it doesn't. And you have to read your kids. Your kids aren't you, your kids aren't your parents and your kids are hundred percent different humans that have different responses to things. And so I think it's also, um, being a parent who I hate to say this, but like, I don't want to say smart enough, but also recognizing, okay, as much as I want this to work, and this is what I know, look at your kid whenever it's happening, this is not working. Right. This is actually creating even more of a spiral or a tornado or a negative. You know what I mean? They yep. don't come and they're not like, I'm sorry, or I understand. If we're not reaching that, it's not working. Right. <laughs> what else can we do? Right. And if it's causing a reverse reaction as well, then clearly that behavior or what we're doing is, yeah. is not the right thing. And I do think out of all this, and you know, spoiler alert on some of this, consistency and discipline does matter. That is an important thing. If you let behaviors go by without addressing it, we're basically telling our children that that's okay. Now, how do you deal with consequences, whether it be natural or, or, you know, punitive or, you know, reward behavior, there's all these different theories and things that could work. And, and, you know, again, we're navigating the process of all our children. And, you know, so, you know, without, you know, pushing too much forward on things, how would you describe your parenting style? You personally? I, I do think I have a lot of patience and I'm saying that because I used to think I had no patience, but I think it took, I don't know if it was my mom or if it, no, I think it was Haley. Haley's here and she's like, you have so much patience with your kids. And I remember thinking that that was like a huge compliment because Haley is my assistant, if you're not familiar, and she has been working with me right by my side in my house for three years And that was the biggest thing was having someone coming and like seeing in our lives and like seeing the chaos, seeing the temper tantrums. And this is someone who, you know, doesn't have kids yet. And she's like, you have so much patience. And I remember being like, huh, I always thought I had no patience. So I think it's also number one, giving yourself grace. And this is totally off topic, but I I want you to take this nugget, which is we all need to give ourselves way more grace um, and be kind to yourself as a parent. So it's really, really easy to see how we're screwing things up. Um, and that's really detrimental to our psyche and like keeping our confidence and being a happy parent. But anyways, my parenting style, I would say, I mean, I would like to think I'm strict, but with a fun attitude, like I expect things. It doesn't mean that my kids are always 
going to do that. But like, I'm really big on words matter and I don't like ugly words. And that's where I will blow up is if someone says something nasty to their sibling. Um, I don't like that. And it's not, I never want my kids to say mean things like that. Um, and I know that some people think differently and they might ignore it and be like, Oh, kids say stupid stuff to their siblings all the time. I'm a hammer with that. I will knock it out of here. I blow up. I am mad and I just don't put up with it. And I think where I got that from, honestly, is my dad. I will (laughs) never forget the time that me and my middle brother essentially framed my youngest brother. He was such a (laughs) turd. Colt was such a little turd and he would get so mad he had a temper. And so we'd play video games. He'd throw remotes and stick gum in the the little cursors of the Nintendo 64 and my parents would always get mad and we get grounded and stuff because of things that were anyway. So we decided one day we were going to film him without him knowing, record him on our home camera back in the nineties. And we were going to show our parents what he's like when it's not around. And let me tell you that did not go over well. <laughs> my dad threw that videotape across the living room and said that it was unacceptable that this is our team and you don't turn your back on your team. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. And that, we got in trouble, Mike, uh, Kevin, and me. Colt, little, little turd face, probably <laughs> smiling back there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We're super close now as adults. I'm very close with him. Um, we have very similar personalities. But anyways, that didn't go over well. So I've got to say, and my mom was like that too, of course, but I just remember yep. my dad getting fiercely upset if we did not show sibling love and respect. And I, I want to carry that on. What about you? What's your parenting? Yeah, I mean, well, there's been an evolution of it, right? Because yeah. when I first think it started it was you know I was still working a lot and I had the ability and the opportunity to sort of just be the fun dad I want to take a moment really quick to talk about our sponsor of this podcast which is seed seed symbiotic I have been talking about that multiple times over on Instagram I'm sure you've heard me talk about it it is a game changer it is a probiotic and a prebiotic I first got into it when I was looking into why I have acne problems. And I learned so much about gut health affects your face and acne. And so that's when I dived into it. But why I keep taking it is because I don't have any bloating anymore. And then my cramps are minimal to non-existent whenever I'm taking it regularly. I'm sure you've heard a lot of people say probiotics don't do anything. It's worthless. And what's happening with that is by the time it gets to our intestines where it needs to be to help the poop and all the things, it's been destroyed by our stomach acid. And how they changed the game is they wrapped the probiotic in a prebiotic capsule. So the prebiotic protects it and then it can actually help your body and you can actually see changes by taking this probiotic with seed. So start a new healthy habit today by taking seed just like I have. Visit seed.com backslash redhead and use code redhead25 to get 25% off of your first month of seeds DS1 daily symbiotic. Again, that's seed.com backslash redhead. I keep wanting to say backsplash, but that ain't it. Seed.com backslash redhead and use code redhead25, or you can always find the link in our show notes. I would say for me, my parenting style, I don't know if it's evolved or if it's just sort of grown to... I think we've both evolved. Yeah. but I didn't... I'm very different from how I thought I was going to be. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but now I would say I am very much a person of discipline of removing whatever thing that creates the action that I want to get in return. So for one, it may be a video game. And for another one, it may be, you got to go to bed earlier, whatever yeah. there's that, that thing that makes them react to understand the consequence, the action. Yeah. And I do believe the consequences should match the behavior. And I want to add 
um, I want to add that we're really, really big on this and things have consequences and we take away something that ultimately it's sad, but like brings them joy, you know? But what I would say is, well, now you made me lose my train of thought. Well, here's, so you said this, like, I'm sad, but the old love and logic book that your mom put us on to that, like you said, you know, I actually don't like that. (laughs) I do. I think it's unhealthy. Oh, I love it. I think it's honestly kind of sarcastic. It's not, but I said, I'm sorry sorry that you chose. I know. I just don't like the verbiage on it. It's like, why don't we just talk actual and not like a script? You know what I mean? I don't, don't, there are some things that I don't necessarily truly agree with in that way of love and logic is kind of like, you, you're just taking this from your, your childhood because the frustrations you have when your mom would say, well, here's the thing is whenever (laughs) your parent constantly says, I am so sorry that you made that choice. It becomes BS. And my personality is like, (laughs) you're just saying that you say that every time. And it's like, I get, I get the sentiment behind it, which is I really am sad. And I am. I am sad when Vaughn chooses to make that, and then now his yeah. video game is taken away. But the thing is, is we hear the same sentence over and over. It doesn't do anything. No. It's just hollow. And I, so I think I get what you're saying, and yes, I do think it's sad. But I I think it's more of, I don't know, I think I, it doesn't have to be the same yeah. thing said over and over again. I just say Vaughn, unfortunately, or Berkeley or Vivi, unfortunately – when you make a choice like this, you have to have a consequence because you deliberately right. disobeyed us. Right. And guess what? In life, it's not going to be you got your video games taken away. It's going to be you're in a car accident okay. because you were driving recklessly. You could have killed someone. or And that's what we tell them constantly is right now, your consequences are so little, but in life, it's going to be that's something right. that can jack up your life. That's right. Forever. Yeah. I still you know, to disagree with you a little bit on that one. Okay. I still think at this age, it's okay. Because to, to talk to them, like, hey, I'm so oh, sorry you made like I'm sorry you made this decision that led to this. To me, there's a connection right. of this to that, and I am sorry. It's disappointing. Look, I wanted to go to I get that this place and hang out with you and play video games yeah. as well, or I wanted to go do this like. But that I said I get that too. Yeah. I guess where it is for me is tone. It's tone. Does it feel and hollow? Prob- and probably at age. There's a certain point at in age. age yeah. You keep hearing the same thing. I like, heard it more like in teen years. Yeah, and but, so I was like, well, but for yeah, this you're age, real, you yeah, you're real sorry. You the know? other thing that drives you, like that you, I think, had a harder time with earlier on, is for me to help the children understand what their emotions are going through. And I don't think yeah. you. So I read this book. It was a neuropsychology book, basically about human development. And, and the thing that stuck out to me was that as soon as children start to recognize and understand their emotions, they're able to regulate it more. Right. And so helping a child understand what is frustration, what is jealousy, what is anger, what is this? Say what you're feeling. And like, yeah. talk to me about this. What are you feeling? You're like early on, you're like, why are you talking about the emotions? Honey, they were two. I know, but it's still like, like, look, <laughs> I maybe, were one and maybe, two. maybe it was a little early. I, to- yeah, two, I totally but- <laughs> get what you're saying for now, now that they're older. But when you're a toddler, it's like yeah. falling on deaf ears. Well, they don't feeling, understand. You're feeling frustrated. That's, yeah. and, and that's when, when kids can ver- verbalize. And I will say this, I've seen with the kids, when they start to be able to verbalize what they're feeling, mm-hmm. it regulates and it, and it, it seems to calm down quicker. I get that. I think also like where, Mike, we're just going to air it all out. I think, <laughs> I think another thing where Mike and I are different is I'm very quick to act. And mm-hmm. so like, if something's happening, we are hundred percent removing ourselves from the situation. You are to go to your room. You need to calm down and then we will go up and have words. Mike will try to drop to a knee and have words in the middle of a tantrum and that doesn't work. So I think it's now, how do we find that happy right. middle? And so Mike is definitely more verbal about things, talks for a a while about it when I'm like, okay, hold on. We need to remove. They instantly need to know they're in trouble. You are now in trouble. You're separating. You cannot be with the family when you're acting like this. So I think it's just now you're more that way, but it's taken like an yeah, evolution I would agree. to get there. I would, I would fully agree with that. There's a certain <clears> time like, okay, here's a punishment. 
do it. I'm not, yeah. we're not talking we're not about, talking about it for two and hours. And then we're going to come back and we redress. And I'm still very yeah. strong in my belief on helping children understand emotions I because of you. emotion regulation. I still really believe that is important. I agree with you at a certain age. Right. I think we started, yeah. I think you started a little early, yeah. but, but and, still, and, but now we've got a three-year-old Vivi who walks around talking about when she's frustrated. So, I mean, and that's <laughs> good. That's a good thing. Um, so yeah, that's our parenting styles. Like if you were to say like assign who's, the good, who's say, the good cop, no, who's the bad cop, I think it's pretty clear yeah. as a as a listener, Probably. I'm bad cop, Mike's good cop. Sometimes. And so that's frustrating and, and it's hard to navigate. I have been playing bad cop more often since I've left my corporate job. That's for sure. When I'm you home been, more often. Cause you're here in it. Yes. And that's another thing. Yes. And I think a lot of, um, ladies or even men who stay home, it's whoever the person is around them the most, that's right. your patience runs out quicker. Absolutely. And so you instantly become the bad cop. And so it's like this unfair advantage that dads have um, to be generally the more fun parent because you walk in the door from the job or if the mom is, you know, uh, nowadays it's so unfair to be like, the guys are working and the moms are at home. That's so, I don't yeah. know. It's, I only I, know like one stay at home mom now. I mean, it's not that much anymore. So I don't want to offend anyone by saying that, but I feel like moms are more like, we need to get to bed. We need to stay to our schedule. We need to do this because we're thinking of like the health of our kids. I'm constantly telling Mike to stop talking at nap t- or at bedtime so they can go to bed. And, and Mike is much more of like, but this is our moment, you know? Right. But I don't, so the thing about say the good cop, bad cop, I do think there's a natural aspect. I don't want to use that word good or bad. I would say about the one that is like, I'm, I would, what we try to do and what we've become better at, and we early on we struggled as well, is countering each other's, like, during a fight, if one person's more emotional, how to pull it out, how to, like, make sure that we are staying grounded. That's the hardest. In and, the middle of a tense, yes, in the middle of a tense situation, how are we not now turning right. and blowing up on and, each other and in we front have. of the kids? And, and we failed at that and early you, on. Oh, early on, luckily, when they were very young and they didn't know what the heck's going on, it would turn into... Now, all of a sudden, switched, and we're arguing. Right. And the kids just, like, did something horrible staring up at us, like, hold on, just, can I leave? <laughs> can I leave, you know? Yeah. And so we've really had to get a handle on that. And maybe that's why God created kids and toddlers to be what they are. So we have a few years yep. to just get it together. Bite, bite your tongue. <laughs> as parents. Yeah. What yeah. we've learned is, like, uh, as long as, if look, if, you're, if you have an abusive spouse or something, that's a totally different circumstance. So you need to immediately intervene and not be like, that's okay. Don't, like, 100%. There, that is never going to be okay. But if there's a situation where somebody may be giving a punishment that's a little bit harder than you want, that they're taking away more, then have an opportunity to, like, talk about it later. Look at Jen's face. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes. I'm trying to keep it together. That's like our biggest thing. But look, I'm like, Mike, stop talking right now. We'll talk about it later. So again, we're still evolving. Like we haven't mastered it. And if you're here for golden nuggets of advice, unfortunately we don't have it, yep. but we can say, like I said, stories but, of how we've gotten there. But you know, like, so these are all the negative parts of parenting. Like it's positive. Yeah. You know, discipline is well, an that, opportunity well, to help what, guide our children to become the people we want them to be, to be yeah. able, allow them to make decisions as adults that are not looking at just the punitive aspects and things. It's like, this yeah. is how we're, we're molding them to be adults that can make wise choices. Right. And do you know but, where I got that? Where that actually came out for the first time where I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're listening is whenever you'll hear, uh, is whenever we did the kids interview yeah, when, and Vaughn said, mom's more strict, but that's because she loves us more. It's because more. He's fi- they're finally, <laughs> they're, yes, I stand by that. No, I'm just kidding. I, they're finally getting to the point where like we tell them and he's like, why do you guys have to be so strict? And we're like, Vaughn, because we want you to be a good person right. and we want you to treat others respectful and kind. And it starts in the house. Yeah. This is your safe spot. I understand you're going to act differently and be 
your worst version of yourself here because we love you and we're comfortable together. Right. That's what we need this place to be. We want you to be but safe isn't here. That, isn't that funny how... So frustrating at the same but, time. But even as a child, how the people we love the most, sometimes we act the worst with. Even, I mean, even a, if you're married. I know, why do saying. we? Why do we, when we're sad and hurt, and that's a whole nother episode about marriage, why do we take it out on our spouse? Because we know they're not, well, in a healthy relationship... It sucks, but we know they're not going anywhere. Right. And it's that safety of having to have grace. And it's I feel like it's the same kind of thing with children. It's um, having grace for them, right. having grace on yourself, and knowing that, okay, in this moment, in this blow up, this freaking sucks. But when I'm navigating through this, keep the words that are going to make you someone bleed yep. inside. How do we not say things that are going to be really hard to get over? Yep. Everything we tell our kids is going into their little brains and it's building their confidence or it's tearing it down. Right. And so how do we, how do we keep it on the up, you know? So the Wild other disciplining no, for sure. And, and again, this isn't just about discipline. Another thing about our parenting style, what Jen and I didn't have to ever have a discussion or argument is that we generally are fun loving. We do try to laugh a lot with our children. We love to play with them yes. and spend as many moments as we can. Are we perfect? Is our phone face on the phone sometimes longer than it should be? Of course. Like well, we, we all also, struggle with it. We also work from our phones. Right. We're self-employed and but, work from home. So but there's a little an, hard. But, but we are creating intentionality. And one yeah. thing I know is like now kind of like that 5 p.m. time, we try to put the phones down, we have dinner and then we're doing a game. We're trying to do something as a family to bring yes. us together. And that parenting, like those moments we have together with our children yeah although it may be just an hour of of game a day as, yeah. as a family that i think that's helping them see how what appropriate behavior is with each other yeah. like the love and to share things and ask them questions during dinner like yeah the, you know your first day of school questions like tell me well i did this i was like tell yeah. me one great thing today that happened today and one frustrating thing that happened today and it's yeah. just trying to create some dialogue with them although they're young and and generally the answer you're probably going to get is Good. Oh, I don't know. It was good. good. Yeah. Very short. You have to, you have to be, what I've learned is if you want something more than I don't know, or it was good is you have to ask very descriptive Sp questions, yes. like very specific questions mm -hmm. to where they and can't do say, I don't know. You do a great job at that. Thank you. I just feel like it's the only way I get something is I have to ask a very specific pointed question, whether it's something specific about a teacher did that day or, and, and dive deeper. So whenever you say, did you have a good day today? That's fine. That's a very surface question though. Right. So you could say, um, what's something that someone did that was really kind to you today or nice to you today? Right. Anything that stick out? So ask very, um, anything that was anyone sad today? Oh, so-and-so cried. What did she cry about? And then you go into it and then that's just every story like that. I hate I hate to say it, but it's a teaching opportunity. It right. really is without being so preachy, yeah. you know? And I, and I, again, so just kind of move beyond the discipline things. This is that being intentional about knowing what your children like and then leaning into that as well. Yeah. Right? So whether it's with Vaughn. I'm horrible at that. Like I don't sit no, and play. Not. You, you do Vaughn wants baking. me to play video games all the time. I don't want to play video games. Well, I'm horrible. I don't have the court. <laughs> yeah, you love it. I can't. I don't understand how people walk and turn at the same time right. using both their thumbs at the same time. I can't do it. Yeah, but, you, but you'll but you do awful. card games and things like that. So for love me, board like games. if Vaughn does his video game time, sometimes I'll be like, hey, you want to play Fortnite together? Because it's an opportunity to bond with him. And he talks and yeah. like, look, he'll say things that are so above my head on understanding of what the lore of this video game is and how, yeah. but obviously when a child has that much knowledge of it, it means something to them, right? Yeah. And even if it means nothing to you, still connect with them because that means you're there. You're trying to step to their level to be interested in they their life. It. They notice it. They do. I, I think something that goes hand in hand with this topic is another thing that I'm sure every couple in the world faces this is getting holding your spouse accountable to not having their face in the in the phone right. and i know this happens creeps up so me i'm more of a hard out because my job is on my phone 
um, I'm done between 4:30 to five. I plug in my phone and I walk away and I do not touch it. And so it's more so something that Mike will struggle with. And I'll be like, babe, we're sloping down again. And I feel like from my perspective, you go really great for like a month and then we go back down for another month. And then, and I know you hate it, but I call him out and I've said to Mike, I know you hate me for getting on to you and saying this. And I I feel like your mom in the moment, you hate me, babe. You do. You don't like it. It's not right. You get frustrated. Sure. And so I'm but like, never, but, but never you know what? You. I okay, thank you. I would rather you be frustrated in the moment with me than, and then it gets you your face out of phone because then you're never gonna get, we're never gonna get those nights no. back. And guess what? Our kids are flirting with the age where they won't want to do board games yeah. with us at night. You know what no, I mean? I, you're, and you're, it stinks. I, I will never be mad at you. Like, there's a moment of like, I got to get through this one email. Things going on. Look, look, we're running multiple businesses. We have it's hard. The social media but thing the, going on. But those like, are excuses, a, and so we are. still. The thing is, our multiple businesses can't eat into our time no. with our our intentional time with kids, right. and so if you feel like this is something that you struggle with or your husband or your wife, um, you can play this little segment for them because we do it too. And coming from someone whose businesses are solely primarily through a phone and we run it ourselves and we're trying to grind and still, you know, be, have profitable businesses. We're still in, I know it seems like I'm on TV and we do social media. I know it seems like everything is just flourishing, but we're still grinding. We're still trying to make our business um, something more than just a local coffee shop. Like yep. it's great and it's amazing and, and it's fun brewery. and brewery, but we're trying to make and this roastery. Yes. We're trying to make <laughs> this something that, um, eventually we don't have to work every single second of our day on. And it's, it's a well-oiled machine. That's how every business aims right. to be. Right. And we're not for there sure. yet at well, all. We're very far. And fun fact, this is going to be a whole nother conversation for another episode as well. Over but, business. But I, big, I think the biggest thing is, is that it is, Having a conversation, this is where Jen actually came to me and said, hey, let's, the phone thing has to change and we both have to do it. And she actually, you, you did a while, gosh, a while back you came to me. It's like, this isn't just you, this is me. We both as a yeah. team need to be more intentional. And, 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 yes. and I would say sometimes having that weighted, like the way my personality is, yeah. if you point a finger at me and you're saying there's nothing wrong with you. It's more you, the defense mechanism comes in. I but think it's more, a lot of people. But a lot of it was like, hey, I'm str- we're both struggling with this. This is something we need to work on. And we have been both better. I've been putting the phone down whenever I put the I kids up to I bed. I think I struggle with that it. though. I mean, I'll well, play it if you want me to in the sake of this podcast. <laughs> what do you mean? But I, I feel like I don't struggle too much with my face on my phone no. at night because I need to break myself. You do, you, yeah, no. I, I have to have those hard boundaries with my job. And that's the, one of the most asked well, questions specifically about my job on Instagram is, you know, how are you on Instagram all day? I'm not. I have hard out boundaries. I do yeah. not take phone calls. And it's the same with filming. When I got done at 4.30, plug my phone in, my producers would call me and want to talk about the next day. No, I will talk to you at 9 p.m. Yeah. after my kids are in yeah. bed. So, th- things have modified. I mean, post kids going to bed is when you would pick back work up sometimes yes. and you still do that occasion, yep. which is fine. And there's moments and that I have o- to do that as well. And, and we're okay with that. Yeah. And I think it's more about an open dialogue with your significant other. Um, I think what the key and the kicker is, are you able to tell your spouse in a respectful way, Hey, can we play a board game or can we yes. have family time? So one is what's your approach? How are you saying it? And I fall victim to being snappy sometimes because it's annoying. And I, and I'm like, get off your phone. Like we've talked about this and that's never a good way to be. And I know that that's being human and feeling an emotion and not doing it the right way. Right. But also is your husband, um, does he reciprocate it? Well, and, or your wife, I keep saying the husband because that's our case, but maybe it's, you know, your wife. Um, so I think it's again, having those conversations to say, Hey, if I hold you accountable, please don't be mad at me. And can we respect it? And can you actually put your phone down? And also it's never going to be one time and it's fixed for marriage. It's constant. It's a constant holding accountable. It's just how you say it and how you accept it. And what the intent is, right? Exactly. So, you know, 
there's some aspects of this as well as, is one other thing about our parenting style is Jen and I like to show each other love and how parents should love each other. We make out in front of our kids. (laughs) (laughs) We do hug and we do kiss. We do. Because we want them, we want to be intentional with what a healthy relationship looks like. Are there times where we hug and kiss and like we're irritated with each other? Yes. Yes. But it doesn't matter. And I know that some people would be like, well, you're faking it. That's not, I don't care. We will fake it right now. Those kids don't need to know. It's not their business what our our downfalls are right now or what we're navigating through. That is none of their business. And that is something actually that my parents have told me is even as I'm now an adult and they're married, my mom will tell you none of it is my business or my brother's business. Their marriage is private and it's theirs. And that's one of the best things that you can do as a parent is leaving your kids out of your marital affairs. Yeah. And so, um, well, hopefully not affairs. We try, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Show your kids love, be intentional, be consistent with them and show each other love and treat each other respect. And one thing I want to say before this is, if you make a mistake, it's okay to admit the mistake. And if you, I have snapped I at my kids good. when when my blood sugar is low and I've, and things are just blowing up. I have I have raised my voice, and Jen knows when I snap, yes. I have a tendency to scream. I'll be like, "Stop!" Like it'll get too loud. And then I have gone back to my kids and say, "That was too much. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't read yeah. need to raise my voice. You're still in trouble. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have reacted that way. Yeah, my reaction." wasn't appropriate but you're still in trouble because you still made the mistake yeah but owning those things up it's okay which is a great way to be because I'm more of the personality of like um you know I'm not like proud to admit this but in my head I'm like I'm not gonna apologize because then they're gonna think they're off the hook like I'm and that's not the right way to be either and so Mike has definitely been so good at demonstrating to where I'll go back after I stew on it for a second and I'll be like hey that was too harsh I love you so much. It just really frustrates me whenever you treat your brother or sister like that. And this is why. And so it's just, again, there's nothing wrong with dialogue. Maybe not in the heat of the moment, (laughs) but you can go back and have a good conversation about it. And that's something I've had to learn is like, Hey, it's actually okay to say I didn't do that correctly. Or, and it's not a sign of like weakness or like they are now over you. And that's, you know, that's just my personality. I'm an eight. I'm an eight, okay? <laughs> even t- with my parents, even with my kids. I don't know my number, but that's on- That's on the next the episode. Next episode. So yep. I got to take my Enneagram Gotta do your Enneagram. Test, apparently that's a thing. So, okay, so let's, yeah, navigate into the audience questions, Jim. Because by the way, I want to say this. Thank you guys for sending these questions. It's yes. awesome. We really do appreciate it. Keep them coming. Yeah. Put them in the dial, the uh, the boxes here. If you're on Apple iTunes, let us know your questions Not there. the boxes. If you leave a rating that? and a review, you can leave a review and ask for a topic. But oh, there you go. he's also saying like the question boxes on Instagram. Yeah. Every time I throw it out, I know it might seem redundant because I ask it um, a couple but, of times, but I get new people putting things in every single time. Isn't it so. like if you're writing in the review though, doesn't it come up in a box still? I mean, technically. Yeah, so there you go. Okay, there so you I'm- go. Babe. Review box. You're <laughs> correct. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Okay, this one. Uh, audience question. How do you make childhood, uh, how do you make a childhood magical? I think mm. there's so much that I could dissect in this, but I want to start with, um, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's our duty to make a, what makes a childhood magical? Does that mean they go to Disneyland every week? <laughs> I don't know. I think my thing is showing them love, giving them a safe space. Yeah. Um, and teaching them good behaviors as far as how to be a decent yeah. human. I think I think love, joy, lots of laughter. I think that's what magic is, is happiness, right. isn't it? I don't know yeah. what would you say. I, I, I 100% agree with that. We, you know, when my family grew up middle class to lower middle class from a standpoint of, of, of economic standpoint. We didn't get a chance to do a lot of vacations. We would go to the Wisconsin Dells one 
night a year. That yeah. was like that was our vacation for one night, and I never felt that was wanting from my yeah. parents. But I can tell you the moments I remember from my parents is the time they spent with us. Right. So I yeah. think how do you make a childhood magical is be with them, be there, be yeah. there for be them. there for them, yeah. and create. You can do a lot of things that don't cost money. It's so funny because Christmas is this huge, like expensive thing, yeah, right? We overdo it, but but no, but take away the gifts, all the stuff that we do for fun is free that the kids love. Like all the, all of our family crammed around the Island playing left, right, center, a little $4 game. Like they love that kind of stuff. So create traditions that don't cost anything. And they like that more than getting in the car and going somewhere. The Halloween stuff, you know, there's a lot of things that we do like that. It doesn't cost money. And, and so we, I mean, we are guilty of doing Christmas big. We love Christmas, but I'm just saying like, there are things that are magical, I don't know. I just feel like if you ask our kids, like their favorite thing about their childhood, is it stuff that they got or is it like things and it's things al- that happened? Jen, it's always going to be experience. Yeah. We're not too different as adults either. The best, yeah. and the most important moments, like you think back to your child, it's not the toy you got. Although my Nintendo that I got in 1986 was pretty awesome. Yeah. That still wasn't as, as, as impactful as me as my mom taking me to International House of Pancakes before, you know, grades or you know kindergarten and spending those times with me or in you know one-on-one time that's the thing is one-on-one time really matters it does and we try to do that we need to be even better about it but we try to go once a month one-on-one with each kid that's a lot of nights we have three kids um so that's six date nights but it's so worth it it's so it's so worth it and the kids behave so well because they don't Mm -hmm. i think a lot of times kids um fight for attention and so that's that's one of the things but anyways um so yes i would say just think more. I mean, kids even like camping in your backyard. If yeah. you do that, if you have a tent or you can make a tent, go camping out in the backyard one night. Our kids think that's the coolest thing in the world. It costs nothing. But see what they're interested in and teach them things that you love to. Yeah. I mean, that's there's all the, like dads, yep. you know, dads are very much about activity. We always want something. And that's just the way God yeah. made us. I think that's a aspect of like how we're yeah. wired. Like you have to do something, but Girls you know, like creating. Like Berkeley yeah. loves baking and I need to be so much better about baking a lot more often. I hate baking. So it's truly an act of love to go in there and bake with her, but that's something she loves. So it's she like it. little stuff like that. Like I can get a cake box for 99 cents, you know? So little things like that um, go a long way. Anyways, that's, so awesome. that's how I would say. I agree with that. This question says, what was the hardest transition? One child, one to two, or two to three? I got an answer. Do you want to answer first? Go ahead. Hands down, one to two. That was by far the hardest. I agree. Wholeheartedly, I agree. <laughs> and even though Berkeley wasn't particularly a difficult child, that was by far the... Just two humans that were yes. both under, they were a year and a half apart. Correct. I think I, it was how close they were. Yes, it is, 100%. And it's funny because when you have one, you feel like your world is turned upside down. And I'm not, not like poking fun at anyone with one kid right now thinking they're drowning because you feel that way because right. it's your reality and it's the first time you've had a kid. But then when you start adding like two more... Two, you're like, what? Like, why was I complaining with just one? Now I have two and it's hard. Honestly, the easiest for me was tossing in the third. I felt like that was just like we had her on a random Tuesday, tossed her in and we kept living life. Yeah. And again, it was also age separation as well. So Berkeley was three, right? So as opposed to Vaughn, who was what? A year and a half. Not even, right? Berkeley was born. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me was hardest. And from my perspective, it was also... As the dad, well, even the mom, we had more time for each other, right? But as yeah. soon as Berkeley was put in place, I was 
100% of the time when I was home, I had either Vaughn or Vivi and vice versa because we were yeah. like handing each well, other off kids. I think it's environmental too. Like you started your master's. So I was like, oh my gosh, like on the weekends I was home by myself. I think it was, it was a lot, but it was just having two babies that needed two kinds of different things yeah. at all times. Yeah. And, and I think by by three, like you said, we're just eh. you're so used to it. And don't you <laughs> wish we treated every baby like we did the third? You Probably. know what I mean? Just throw them in, and it's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. And if you're that person, good for you. But I definitely was like, the first baby has to. I'm going to hand make all the foods, and everything's got to be organic. I was like stressed; nothing could touch the floor. I was stressed to the max. You, so and you did make the baby food. I did, and he didn't love it. <laughs> he did not love it. Um. So, anyways, I just think yes, the the second tossing in the second kid yeah. was for us like. Wow. And I know it was the age, the, the close in age. And then yeah. once we had that age gap between Viv and Burke, that three and a half years, I was like, what is this heavenly age gap? I loved it. It was so easy it was. for me. I mean, it gave us a, I mean, I, even though it aren't our twins, but don't you have a lot more appreciation to people who have twins, like two at one time? It's funny because I talked to my friend Beth about that. She has twins. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it. And she was like, actually, I felt like the twins were easy because they just need the exact same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Versus when you have two kids that are under two, they're essentially two babies that need yeah. different things. So yeah, you we, can't we double d- it. We definitely had it harder then. Well, I thought, I, <laughs> no, I, I was like, you're crazy. But it's kind of funny, the perspective, right? She was like, because she had more kids. She had another kid, more kid. She had another kid. And I'll never forget her telling me that. I was like, ah, she was like, well, twins kind of easy. You just line them up and like give them the same yeah. thing. And I was like, wow, you're a superwoman. But perspective. And yeah, I think perspective. Probably more than anything, it's like one is hard because of the unknowns, the stresses that you have there. Everything's brand new. You're losing. That's just it. Complete, it's more mental. Right. And well, and physical, because you're just not used to like not getting sleep. You're mm-hmm. again, you're stepping out of that selfish mindset. It's For forcing sure. you to do it when you kind of don't want to a little bit. By the second and third, you're used to being a parent. So everything, I guess I think it's like anything in life. Like the longer you do it, the yeah. more loose you get about it and the more comfortable you get yeah. within yourself. We should have another. Okay. Kidding. We were talking Jar about. of weird questions. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jar of weird questions. There's the shake. Okay, you hear that shake? It's legitimate. <clears throat> it's a good shake. We haven't looked, and this one is. All right, here we go. Oh, it's an interesting one. If you were a kitchen utensil, which one would you be? You know, I've never thought about this I... ever in my life. This is mm-hmm. the first time I think I will ever have responded to this question. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Let me think. I mean, oh, we I, already talked about forks I and sports. I do love the meat masher. However, am I a meat masher? Probably not. I think I'm an oven mitt. Why? I'm heat resistant. Can't hurt me. You are. You are a redhead. <laughs> okay. There you go. I'm an oven mitt. You are an oven mitt. But the rubber kind, like the good grips that I have. The amazing oven mitts that are huge and massive and <laughs> so little. The, so the overpriced oven mitts that work, it, but but they it. work amazing. Yes, exactly. Okay. Easy to rinse. That's me as an oh. oven mitt. What about you? I, I've already said this before. Soup can opener. <laughs> Haven't we talked? I think we've talked no. about this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> A bottle opener. Yeah. Um, look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the spork. Most underrated utensil ever multi-purpose can kind of be used of all in the kitchen utensils you're going to yeah. be a spork is that a utensil i mean i count it it's in the kitchen right. because if you can only pick one look i can i can help you with soup okay and i can also feed you like real food that's true and if you really that's good bend it you could cut bread with it that's too good that's good See? so mike's the spork Jack and i'm treats. an oven mitt <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good question thank you for that question Thank whoever you. submitted that that was amazing can can i say one thing i read 
Might as well. Mm-hmm. It did. So I, I found these. Hold on. Is it might as well or might as well? Might as well. But what's might as well? That's just like like a, is like that just smushing me, it is together. Is that mushmouthing it? It's like y'alls, use, use guys. No one says use here. It's hey, y'all. Wisconsinites, speak up right now. I can hear you. Use guys up we there. can't hear you. Use guys up we there and you be there, okay? Okay, what's your y'all? question? It's not a question, but I read this and I found this. This is actually was on your desk and I grabbed these real quick. Okay. And I just leave it with this because it's the end of it. Be bold, be brave, and be courageous. Say it again, honey. You said be brave. That's my, my mush more than it, like okay. you. Be bold, be brave, and be courageous. That's like Joshua one nine. It's a good verse. I found that, that on your desk. So you just wanted to say it randomly? I did because it's okay. relevant to this podcast. Because you is. have kids, be bold, be brave, be, be bold courageous, and be brave. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Awesome. That's what it's for. Uh, one last question: Tips, tricks, or pieces of wisdom about being a mom, but also being a wife. I would, Mike, your opinion? Just kidding. <laughs> um, I would say that it is hard to do the two together from my perspective. And what I mean is, of course, we're a wife and a mom at the same time, duh. But how are we being good at both of those things simultaneously? And what happens is I think we give ourselves way more to our kids because they demand it and they're humans. And also there is something in us that we want to give everything to our kids because they came from us. Yeah. Um, but- and we are Christians. That's what we believe. That's our faith. It's actually biblical that the husbands in our relationship should be first. And that's so hard for me to wrap my brain around because I didn't push you out of my vagine. <laughs> I did that for my kids. And so in my mind, it's so hard to be like, what? Mike before the babies? Like, it's very hard. And so what I would say is a challenge is like, if you don't have a good marriage, then that affects your kids ultimately. So at the top should be that relationship. I don't have many tips and tricks because I'm trying to navigate through that myself. I think a a huge one is just really good open communication and your spouse may not, I'll say specifically, yeah, your significant other may not understand that in the moment. It's just, if you're constantly talking about it, whether they get it or not is their issue. At least you're being open with what you're saying and you're trying to offer your perspective and eventually, hopefully there's some understanding there. Right. What would you say from like a husband's perspective of like being a father and a husband? No, of like a mom. Oh, like I'm tired. I'm tired yeah. at the end of the night, and that's well, something we're all tired. that I mean I, that's a whole nother episode too. Let yeah, me tell you. But I, don't know. I mean, like, look, I don't really see that there's a a dissection or of of that because it is who you are. You are a mom and a wife. Yeah, you're you're both. Like right. So right. you know, from a standpoint of early on in relationships and the husbands, the, the navigation of losing the time and the, in the interaction with your wife, because you have a, t- a, bit, a newborn there, like newborn it's, yeah. time is kind of harder for a guy because Very you're used hard. to your wife. There's not as much intimacy there or any, because that's just the whole navigation of that time. And we have to accept that. And it's, and yeah. we do become second Obviously. during that phase. <laughs> Obviously, we can't speak for everyone. We're just speaking for ourselves. (laughs) Well, when you have a newborn, like, but look, it's it's that is a navigation of understanding, not and and I I would I would hope that there are other husbands out there that have a little bit of patience and and um, it gets easier. Like it gets the more you have, but if you have a first new child, have patience with your wife. I would say you even, really you got to have patience, but it's not something that ever goes away because we've been married for what eleven years, and I yeah. still have to sometimes explain like, no, I'm just. It's, I'm exhausted right now. I don't like no one touch yeah. me. I need but, to be by myself. Like that's like I said, a yeah. whole nother episode we can go into. But for sure, I think it's uh, tips and tricks on how to do both is just 
open communication with yeah. your significant other. Tell them how you're feeling. Ask them for patience yeah. and try to understand because that's all you can do. And you, if they can't come on your level, then that's something y'all yeah. are going to have to work through Jen, together. you wrote a blog article about that. I did. And I, and it, honestly, reading it was like, oh, it gave me perspective. And what was the name of the blog article? I can't even remember. Like it was- Blog article? Was it the one about the stay at home? Yeah. This being a stay at home mom but the, and like- But really, it gave me a lot of insight into things that you- yeah. Kind of what didn't you told me, but you didn't. It was like that's a let, more stay at home mom. Yeah. But again, that but it's that's just proof. That's just proving like it's the conversation. Yes. They no one can read anyone's mind. If right. you can, that's you. That's amazing, and <laughs> I don't know how you have that. But yeah. um, so I think we just have to be really, really open, and it goes both ways. Yeah. Can I say thing one thing about being a dad and a husband? You can totally say that. All right. So here's my perspective. of This it is a dad's responsibility to show your children what a man and a husband should be. Meaning that if I, I if I don't treat you with respect and love you and show outward affection towards you and kindness towards you, that's going to be a modeling behavior that my son and daughters will see. Right. right? And so I do, you know, look, your, your dad was a great role model. And I think he he set you up for success of, of you know, partially what a man should be, mm-hmm. right? And now your dad and I are very different, but I think the consistency in his love to the family was something that he showed you, right? Yeah. And I, to me, that is very important as a father to have that re- love and respect towards you because that's part of my job as a right. father, right? And then, you know, it's being, again, and, you know, with your children, it's just doing your best to be yeah. intentional towards them. And, and you're doing amazing. Thanks. Because, you know, Mike didn't have his dad even in the same state as him for most of his childhood. And so... I mean, that's something that you're trying, you're having to navigate without actually mm-hmm. seeing it firsthand. Yeah. And, you know, no, my, shade, no yeah. shade on anyone. No. My it, dad loved me, but yeah. it was the circumstances the what it was. He did live in a different state and we didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with him outside he, of Mike grew up on, with a mom more. and two sisters. Yeah. So a boy trying to figure out how to be a man in a sea of women, <laughs> hormonal women. I mean, yeah. that's hard. And I'm sure yeah. there are many guys out there who have had the same yeah. story. And so you've done amazing yeah, it's it's With the day to day. You know, I'll say my dad gave me good large macro level pictures of the time we, like we would go camping yeah. on a week, you know, on the summertime or spend a week with them during the summer. Yeah. And he gave me macro lessons. It's that day to day stuff that's different. It's right. very different on saying it, it mm-hmm. like once a month versus every day, right? right? And that every day aspect is the thing that I, you know, look, do I make mistakes? Do do I snap at you sometimes? Do we argue with each other? Of course we do, right? Yeah. But again, the consistency with it and the love that you have for your children, if you if you're not intentional with it and and it's it's that's how to me you have to be right. There's no there's no inner there's no dissection of it. They are right. one in the same to me from how to be a man. Yep. So that's that's my perspective. What a good topic today. We can I know. probably talk another like, we have episode a part, about this. No, we have a part two coming oh, up. Oh, how about that? I didn't know that. Yes, we have a whole other part about this. <laughs> yeah, we have more. Surprise. We got more on parenting. All right, we're going to pick a neon one that you wrote. I'm not sure what this means. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Say it. If you and Mike could switch bodies, freaky frials, freaky frial, freaky Friday style, what's the first thing you would do? I'm going to read it again. If you and Mike could switch body, freaky Friday style. What's the first thing you do? Babe, you read that two times and you messed up on both readings. <clears throat> if you and Mike could switch bodies Freaky Friday style, there what's you go. the first thing you'd do? I think I'd go to every single person and say, I'm sorry for being late and try to right your That's wrongs. Rude. <laughs> That's so rude. But I do. That's so rude. <laughs> That's so rude. I don't think it's rude. Yeah. Hi, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're always That's late. Really rude. And everyone's like, we know he's going to be late. Uh, 
Uh, what would you do? You know what? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to be. Know. I was going to be something like kind and positive. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if I were you. I guess I'd pee outside. I want to see what that feels gonna like. You're going to go apologize for the way I am. That's <laughs> the first thing you're going to do for <laughs> no, me. No, just being tardy. <laughs> I'm not apologizing for being Mike. Just being tardy. Or I'd go pee outside. I've always wanted to see what that feel like without peeing down my you know, leg. You know what I for I would you I would go. Oh, I feel like there's. A, I would go to me and just say I'm sorry. That's fine. And, and for the and apologize for the first time in but your do you life know about what anything. That, but do you know what that would feel like? <laughs> I'd know you're in my body, so I'd be like, "What'd you do, Mike?" <laughs> that would backfire. That's not. I was wrong. I made a mistake. I'd say, I admit I'd that. say thank you, Mike, and Jen's body. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. I still, Jen's, Jen's my favorite apology forever from Jen generally starts this way. You always butcher it, so I'll correct it when you're done. I'm sorry that you made me, comma, insert whatever I did. No, I'd say I'm, no, you got it all wrong. It, the, the way I'm about to say it is actually worse. You butchered it. It's, I meant everything that I said. But I'm really I apologize for the way that I said it because that was harsh. But I do mean I do mean everything that I yeah. said to you. So it's like a half. You've apology. also apologized. You you have apologized for reacting off of me doing something that I was. not Anyway, that's a whole nother subject. <laughs> Listen, we have one about fighting. Okay, later in the season, oh, save it. No, but what I would do? I mean, I would I would hurry up, Mike. Well, this is, come gotta, on. This gotta, is a twelve keep, minute question. Keep this PG. I'm so lost. I know. So am I. Because if I was in your body, I'd be like, this is bizarre. So you're going to feel me up? I mean. Okay, moving on. <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> no, no, that's Never. weird. No, I wouldn't that's do that. That's weird, Jen. I, wouldn't... Um, I, would, I would go live on your Instagram. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrifying. I'd go live. Let's make sure that never happens. That's what I would do. It'd be the greatest live ever and the last. <laughs> All right. Uh, part two is available. You can listen to it right now. Thanks so, so much, guys. Well, we haven't recorded yet. We're about to record it, Mike. I know. So we're not. Okay. This isn't live? Cut. You, Me, and Mike is a production of The Rambling Redhead from 13 Media. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are available. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star rating while you're there. Have an idea for a topic you'd like us to discuss? Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send us a message on Instagram. We would love to share your idea on the show. For a daily dose of our crazy lives, follow us on Instagram at The Rambling Redhead and at Mike Todrick. And catch No Demoreno on HGTV. Remember, part two is ready to be listened to right now, so go do that.